This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to People Talk. People Talk is about getting ahead at work, becoming a leader, establishing your personal brand, and motivating yourself and those around you. Hosted by Angela Hall, who has decades of experience working in the field of human resources, you can expect lively discussions about topics like workplace politics, dealing with difficult employees and clients, creating an inclusive workplace, and jumpstarting your career. Here's your host, Angela Hall. Hello, this is Angela Hall, and welcome to this episode of People Talk. On People Talk, we talk about all things related to work including how to navigate your career, leadership, the employee experience, employee engagement, and just other issues that may affect you as an employee or as a boss. Well, one topic that's been receiving a lot of press recently is the fact that now that, I'm not going to say that COVID-19 is going away, but Um, vaccination rates are increased. Uh, We know more about how the disease is spread. Um, There are fewer people getting the COVID-19 or or actually getting sick from it because of vaccinations. And more and more organizations are opening up. People are saying, you know what? I like working from home. I'm not sure if I'm ready to go back. It might be, quote unquote, safer for me to go back. I won't say completely safe, but, you know, people may feel like, you know, even though I'm not worried so much about my health, as far as going back into the office, there are a lot of convenience in working um, from home. The World Economic Forum reported that about 40% of workers wish to continue to work um, remotely. Another thing is that there are the perks of flexibility. Bloomberg Wealth uh, reported this week um, from a survey of 1,200 people that one of the top, some of the top benefits of working from home are the lack of commute, cost savings, and uh, also lack of COVID exposure. The fact that they can be with their um, family and their pets, and the ability to um, juggle um, childcare responsibilities. What I think is really interesting about that um, data that was uh, reported by Bloomberg is that 84% of people said no commute was the, one of the top benefits. Only 15% said childcare responsibilities. So really, we're seeing that this is more so that people want a quality of life for the cost savings, which was 75%, rather than even doing what we would might consider work-life balance. Um, Yes, there are many benefits of working from home. I enjoy working from home. I have not been going into the office since the pandemic. And um, I, I, I'm happy not to have to pay for parking or have to you know, sometimes get out of my yoga pants and such. So what does this mean for employers? Well, it means that you know, the, the, the Pandora's box has been opened. The genie is out of the bottle. There are more and more people who say, yeah, you know, I don't want to return to work. Matter of fact, 
it was reported this week and across multiple um, news outlets that um, even though some companies like Google and Ford Motor Company and Citigroup have promised greater flexibility, for example, um, Ford, which is located in Dearborn, Michigan, um, not too far away from where I am here in East Lansing at Michigan State University, they have uh, um, announced a hybrid model. But in general, um, a lot of employers, you know, haven't made it very clear, like where they're going to go in the future. And that's makes that makes sense because it is kind of a fluid situation. We don't know if another variant might come out that might not be as responsive to current vaccines or how long certain vaccines will work. Um, but just in general, the genie is out of the bottle and employees are starting to want to have this greater flexibility. Well, a lot of employees. So um, news agencies have been reporting, um, uh, especially this past week, about how many employees have quit rather than return to work. And they're doing things such as, okay, um, they're saying, hey, I'm gonna start my own job. I'm going to live off my, um, I'm gonna live off my savings. I'm gonna start getting some uh, gig work, doing some, uh, some gig jobs. Um, and, you know, people thinking, well, I can live off less money or do something different. Um, but we don't know, of course, because this is still a fluid situation, how long folks like that can last and whether they'll be disillusioned soon, especially when they don't have that regular paycheck coming in. I can tell you that um, I like my regular paycheck coming in. And um, I know for some people that the appeal of having that flexibility uh, will last for a while, but then it'll go away. But some people feel like, yes, this is this is the universe's um, message to me that I need to go and do something um, different. But managers have been afraid overall that, and they're, you know, it depends on the company. Like once again, I talked about Ford and how they have the hybrid model, but there are some um, other organizations that feel that they may not be able to maintain the culture as well if people aren't coming in on a regular basis. Um, and there have been surveys on how many people feel and how um, executives feel is the appropriate number of days for people to come in for it to, for the culture of their organization to be maintained. And it seems like um, a, um, a survey that was done by PwC of 133 executives talked about uh, three days. Three days seemed to be like the magic number where people felt that that was the um, number that people need to come in in order to maintain that kind of culture. I have seen similar studies that have said, you know, pretty much the same thing. Three is the magic number. But there's a disconnect with employees. Employees feel that they can maintain the culture, that they can do their jobs, and even, you know, coming even one day a week, if at all, is something that may be um, to their benefit and also allow them to be able to have the flexibility, but also be mentally at their best in order to perform. Um, it's interesting because people have said that by working remotely, they've actually um, um, saved at least 
$5,000. Um, a recent survey said that people have said they've saved at least $5,000 on working remotely. Um, I live in a college town. So, um, you know, I don't have that long commute, but I see the money that I've saved. I've, uh, my insurance rates have gone down because I don't drive as much. I've saved money in gas, in parking, even in clothes. You know, I haven't bought all the clothes that I would normally buy because, you know, yoga pants kind of kind of do the trick a lot of times um, for those Zoom meetings where people are only seeing me from like the waist up, right? Um, but that is not to say that everybody wants to work from home. Um, there have been some studies recently um, that have shown that there's a specific demographic of people um, who are oftentimes young people who actually want to return to work. And the reason why they want to work, return to work is because they don't feel like they're getting the same type of developmental career opportunities. And this is particularly of people who are like 21 to 30. Um, another article, uh, article that was um, from Bloomberg and reported by Business Standard talked about how um, a lot of people who are early career people feel as though that, you know, that informal and formal training is harder to get when you're not coming into the office every day. Another thing that they're afraid of is that um, you won't know like the gossip, you won't know the insider information, and you won't make those types of um, connections that that you would normally get if you weren't um, if you weren't in the office. So, um, but even among um, a survey recently of 750 Gen Zers and millennial and uh, 12. 150 millennial employees and large corporations said that only 10% of them wanted to be in the office full time, that um, most of them wanted to either 30% um, of them uh, home full time, 22% hybrid, 21% um, a hybrid that's a split evenly between work and home, and 18% um, said a hybrid that is um, majority office. So even among that demographic, um, you're seeing that, yeah, they do wanna come into work, but not necessarily all the time. And that shouldn't be surprising. What we know from millennials and now the Gen Zers who are just starting to make their way into the workforce is that they value a work-life balance, which is um, not, it is, even goes beyond what, um, generation Xers like me, or even baby boomers um, valued. And so the fact that they wouldn't mind having um, one or two days off from going into the office to be able to work is definitely not surprising. So what is what should an employer do? Um, like I said, it's a game changer with this pandemic. If you want to attract your best in uh, talent, and you have the type of operation where you can do so, um, or employers really need to think about ways of having flexibility um, where you can um, you know, maybe have a hybrid model 
um, or have people work virtually coming in maybe one day a week and having core hours where everyone would be in, where maybe not everyone, you might be, you might have to like space it or just make it like one day a week where you have some employees come in another day a week when another group employees, but have some overlap so that people will be able to see everyone in their work group and even across other groups that they may have to interact with um, at some point. That would probably be the best way to kind of go about it in, in, in a lot of organizations, considering that we know that um, our uh, millennials, particularly who are now the biggest part of the working population, they're wanting a hybrid work model. And um, a lot of other folks are wanting hybrid or completely virtual work as well. Employers can do other things too to make sure that they have a strong culture at work. And things could be um, such as in not only having formal mentorship programs, having sponsorship. And I had an earlier um, podcast when I talked about um, when I talked about um, the notion of sponsorship and mentorship. I had Artie Wilson, who's a former VP at Medtronic um, Corporation, Medtronic, the organization that makes like pacemakers and other um, uh, biomedical types of devices. And um, he was talking about how in his organization, he was um, one of the leads behind a starting a program where you have the sponsorship, which means that you mentor someone but being a sponsor means that it's not just an informal type of thing. And it might not be something you do formally, but don't get credit for. You hitch your horse to your mentees or your sponsorees wagon as a sponsor. And that means that your successes are their successes and, their, and, and that their failures are your failures. Um, to the extent that it could be linked back to not having good mentorship. It puts accountability to people for being, you know, for um, the development and the success of someone. So they don't do it in a passive aggressive way. They have some skin in the game, so to speak. That's another way to make sure that particularly younger people or people who are new to the organization can be socialized and such. Also, having the types of social events, whether they be outside, whether they be Zoom, whether they be in person but practice social distancing, having those ways that connect with folks, that's really, really important to um, maintain that team cohesion, that camaraderie, and not just be like a nameless face or like a black box in a Zoom meeting. That's another thing. Um, I always encourage people to have their cameras on in Zoom meetings. It's one thing talking to a person. It's another thing talking to a black box. And I know some there have been some, some talk about how about if someone comes from a background and they don't want people to see what's behind them and things like that. Um, to the extent that you can allow for those types of situations, um, I understand. But if there are ways that you can motivate and incentivize employees to want to have their cameras on, so that, you know, when people, um, you know, we were, we have evolved to have face-to-face -face communication, like having Zoom, WebEx, Teams meeting, that's, that's, that's artificially contrived. But if we at least have the 
the the semblance of being able to look at each other face to face, um, you know, the research would suggest that we'd be more likely to um, uh, increase that co team cohesion, camaraderie, and a overall um, sense of um, being a member of the team. So on that note, I am going to wrap up this episode of People Talk. Thank you so much for joining me. And I, I strongly, strongly encourage everyone to listen to some of the other shows on the CXFM network, including Press One for Nick. Um, Nick tells us about a call, working in a call center and, and issues related to that and the customer experience. If you have any questions for me, Angela Hall, feel free to contact me as in A-T as in Tom, Hall, H-A-L-L -L, at msu.edu. Thank you so very much. And please join me next week on another episode of People Talk. Take care and be well. Thanks for listening to another episode of People Talk with Angela Hall. If you enjoyed today's episode, Please share it with your friends and colleagues, and remember to subscribe to our show. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, and visit cxofm.org for more resources.